Estonia. Magic metal pipe of pain. Ah! Welcome back to another episode of the Random History Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the singing revolution. When you think of the word revolution, you probably think of battles and bloodshed. Something messy. What about singing? What comes to mind then? Country, blues, rap, and all that jazz? Musicals? Famous artists? Vera Lynn. Would you imagine jamming out to metal? Or dancing like nobody is watching to pop? Or, ooh, I know, relaxing peacefully while you enjoy the tranquil sound of the classics. So yeah, revolutions are scary and music is nice. You got that? But what if I do what? No man has ever done before. Do what was never meant to be by the laws of nature. Put together the words singing and revolution. What would come to mind then? Eh, probably less miss. But seriously, in real life, not that long ago, there was a singing revolution. Let's have old Grams clear things up for you. Back in my day, there was a nation you might not have heard of. In fact, it doesn't even exist anymore. It was called the Soviet Union. Very scary. Residing in the Soviet Union were places, republics. We're going to pay attention to three republics. Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. The three Baltics. Keep them in mind. You'll be quizzed on them at the end of this episode. Anywho, they weren't treated really well. That was an understatement and a story for another time. One day, they had enough and demanded a divorce from the... <clears throat> I think you should... Are you listening to me, sonny boy? That's enough, Gramps. Hey, I'm not done talking. You better... Let's start with Estonia, the OG of the singing revolution. So the Soviet Union wanted to mine some phosphate rocks, and they just so happened to be in Estonia's backyard, more specifically Lane Virema. This could lead to pretty bad environmental consequences and a threatening amount of Russians wandering into their territory. Note that from now on I'll be calling the Soviet Union SU, or SU, not to be confused with the innocent and pure Steven Universe. Actually, I'll stick with SU. The Soviet Union is more like a comedic bad guy than a Mary Sue. Here, you'll find out why later. Now, the SU was bad-mannered and rude. They hatched this plot without asking for the Estonians' permission. Well, they kind of did. The Estonian Communist Party approved of it. But the people count, not communist governments. Communist governments' feelings don't matter. There. What was even worse was that the ECP promised to ask the Estonians for their opinion, but they never did. This plot was later revealed on Estonian TV on February 25th of 1987. Now, before, the Soviet leaders were all meanies, but in 1985, Mikhail Gorbachev took power and he was a softie. For those of you who don't know, Gorbachev is the nicest president of the SU to have ever existed. He reformed the CP and created Glasnost, a policy which lightened government censorship. And the Estonians were willing to push Mikhail's buttons. Thus began the Phosphate War, a brief synopsis of the Phosphate War. The first battle were the powerful petitions of the people versus the SU. It was a hard and gruesome battle. Then came the children who chose May Day to strike. 
The students' weapons of choice were slogans and yellow t-shirts titled, Phosphorite, no thanks. Then on May 8th, shit got down to business. Or to be precise, yeah, just shit. Just Shit was a cartoon by Prit Parn, which depicted a peasant shoveling doo-doo in the shape of Estonia. On August 23, 1987, the anniversary of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, the MRP AEG met at Herve Park and spoke out against the pact. If you are wondering, the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact was a secret deal between Hitler and Stalin on how to divide the nations between Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia, and Estonia was one of the countries mixed into the deal. Though the KGB were there, they did nothing. Sure, they whipped out their notepads and scribbled some notes in them and harassed the people, but no one was arrested. So, yay. Oh, and also back in the day, it was illegal to fly an Estonian flag, but the Estonians found a loophole. They got together three separate flags, one blue, black, and white, and stacked them together. This would have gotten them in trouble back in the day, but hey, it's Mikhail Gorbachev, the only Soviet leader I can actually imagine dancing in a flower field full of sunshine and rainbows. Now, I asked you to guess the results of this war. Who do you think would win? Some papers, a ton of kiddos, peaceful protesters, three flappy boys, and shit, or the Soviet Union. Ladies, gentlemen, and everything between, start casting your votes. And please, no cheating. Hmm, it seems like 80% of you voted that the Estonians would win. Citing your reasoning being that this episode is supposedly about the Baltics gaining independence and that Mikhail was a softie. Many of you also stated that you searched the answer on- Hey, didn't I tell you no cheating? Anyways, on September 18th, 1987, the Soviets backed off and the war ended sometime in 1988. Now this war sort of sets the tone of the Baltic Revolution. Peaceful. In May of 1988, along came two dudes, Alo Madison and Yuri Leesman, and they were all like, why do we have to sing Soviet songs? We want to sing Estonian songs. Now that Mikhail implemented Glasnost, they could. Go on, my children, sing to your heart's content. So they did. They created a song called Nobody, Nobody is Alone, which, according to Mr. B, lovely name, by the way, is a song about the bond that all Estonians have. Side note, I honestly wish I could speak every language so I can, like, sing along to every single song. Like, how fun would that be? Like, that, have you ever thought of that yourself? Also, Nobody, Nobody is Alone has a pretty sick beat going with it. Like, you should check it out. Sorry for the tangent. This song, as most songs do, became really, 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 really popular after a bunch of really famous people sang it. Then, in May of 1988, Alo and Yuri released the five patriotic songs at the Tartu Pop Festival. These songs weren't just choir songs of the ye old days with a bit of bizzazz. No, they sung of the suffering of the Estonian people at the hands of the Soviet government. When the Tartu Pop Festival was over, thousands of Estonians marched to the song festival grounds and began unanimously singing. People united in song. Isn't that beautiful? Then, the most important event of the singing revolution occurred. The Baltic Way. Who, what, when, where, why the Baltic Way? Civilians from Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. A human chain composed of two million people. 
one-fourth of the Baltic population that spanned 676 kilometers. For 15 minutes on August 23, 1989, the 50th anniversary of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, from Tallinn to Riga to Vilnius, to show the world that the Baltics were united against Soviet oppression. Jot those down. Then, even more singing happened. Hooray! The five patriotic songs were performed at the Rock Summer Festival in Tallinn from August 26 to 28. Then, on September 11th, the Song of Estonia Festival happened on the Song Festival grounds. Soon, people started vying for independence. Trevimi Velest, the chairman of Estonia's Heritage Society, was the first person to openly speak of independence, and soon, on November 16th, the Supreme Soviet of Estonia declared the Estonian Sovereignty Declaration. On August 20th, 1991, Estonia became truly independent. But the SU ain't having none of that business, and the next day, troops attempted to storm the Tallinn TV tower and some other stations to spew propaganda. But random Estonians banded together into human walls to prevent the Soviets from getting in. After 10 minutes, the short attention span Soviets gave up and left. Talk about having none of that business. Anyways, on August 22, 1991, Iceland became the first nation to recognize Estonia and dropped off a plaque that states, in Estonian, Icelandic, and English, the Republic of Iceland was the first to recognize on 22 August 1991 the restoration of the independence of the Republic of Estonia. Estonia is finally getting the Instagram followers it deserves. Then, a few months later, the SU died. Next, I'll talk about Latvia. Brief prologue. A not-so-long time ago, in a country far, far away. Just imagine there's a scroll screen in front of you because there are no visuals. In 1985, at an event known as the Latvian Song and Dance Festival, conductor night Harald Mednes ended the concert with the hymn, The Castle of Light, which spoke of the rebirth of free Latvia. This angered the evil Soviet Empire, who cut Harald from the credit. Even so, the majestic hymn, This Hope for Nation, made it onto Riga TV. There is still hope. Latvia, like Estonia, was going through an internal crisis. In 1986, it was found that those meanies, meaning the Soviet government, were planning on building another hydroelectric plant on the Dagava, Latvia's largest river. On top of that, the Soviets wanted to build a metro in Riga. Both of those events would lead to irreversible environmental and cultural damage. So on February 28th of 1987, the Latvians founded the Environmental Protection Club. On June 14, 1987, in honor of the 1941 Soviet deportations, the Helsinki 86 organized people to place flowers at the Freedom Monument. Latvia, being the next-door neighbor of Estonia, caught wind of Estonia's pop phase and found it kind of very catchy. And they too began singing. From June 1st to 2nd, the Writers' Union held a congress, and they had a lovely tea time discussion on industrial transformation, economic independence, the stop of integration from the USSR, Latvian language rights, and for the first time, the public recognition of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact. Yeah, real lovely tea time stuff. After that, in the summer of 1988, the Latvian People's Front and the Latvian National Independence Movement 
and later on, the more radical citizens' congress assembled. They would become Latvia's heroes in the fight for independence. Then, on October 7, 1988, there was a mass demonstration, and during the next two days, the first congress of the Latvian People's Front happened, and there were a whopping 200,000 members. Now, in every Soviet republic, there is something called a Supreme Soviet. Contrary to popular belief, it's not a delicious pizza or an overpriced store that only sells Soviet merch. No, in fact, it's the government of that Soviet Republic. And on March 18, 1990, the faction that supported independence gained control. And on Star Wars Day of 1990, was Star Wars legal in the Soviet Union? Anywho, the Latvians adopted a Declaration of Independence which asked for the restoration of the interwar Latvian state in the 1922 constitution. Please and thank you. But the Soviets ain't having none of that business and in January violently tried to take back the microphone. The Soviet army tried to take the parliament building and other important bridges and buildings in Riga, but the Latvians, up to 32,000 of them, built barricades to block the army. This resulted in the withdrawal of the Soviet army and the death of six Latvians. On August 19th of 1991, the Soviets did another oopsies. The August coup tried to take back control in Moscow, but failed. And on August 21st, 1991, Latvia was truly independent. Finally, let's talk about Lithuania. Lithuania soon caught on to the singing fever and started singing patriotic songs along with Roman Catholic hymns, since they were very, very, very Roman Catholic. On June 3, 1988, the Sayudas was created. This was a social-political movement for the independence and democracy. At the end of the summer of 88, pop singers were performing these songs at music festivals and political events, with tens of thousands of people singing with them. At one of these events, the former Lithuanian flag was displayed on stage, and that was a big no-no for the Soviets, and they tried to take down the flag, but choir members shielded the flag and they eventually gave up. On October 21st, 1988, the Vilnius Cathedral was returned to the Lithuanians after being used as a museum of fine arts for who knows how long. Then, on November 18th, 1988, the Lithuanian national anthem was legalized, and its old tricolor was restored. Let's be honest, guys. The three Baltic flags nowadays are so much more prettier than their old counterparts. I mean, those old flags were basically waves mashed into a red backdrop since that was all the craze back in the SU. And they also had this little hammer and sickle seal of approval on the top left-hand corner. Like, who even approved of that design? Like, why? It's like so ugly compared to like the present one. Sorry, I went a bit, Karen. On March 11th of 1990, Lithuania became the first Soviet Republic to declare independence. And everyone, save for a little old Icy, promptly ignored it. But, say it with me, the Soviet army ain't having none of that business. And on January 13, 1991, 14 Lithuanians were killed and several hundred were injured 
as they linked arms to defend the parliament and Vilnius TV tower from Soviet assault troops and tanks. A few months after, the SU killed seven Lithuanian servicemen. If I'm not wrong, I think I've heard somewhere that Lithuania is suing the SU for these killings. After the failed August coup I mentioned earlier, Lithuania finally received its much-deserved recognition. Closing note. What I find beautiful about the Baltic Revolution was that there was no mass killings or battle. It was just a group of pacifists united towards a single cause, freedom. And that's what I love about the Baltic Revolution. It goes to show that something as elegant as music has the power to bring down regimes. It goes to show that people banding together in unity towards a singular cause can cause such a great change. And that's beautiful. So next time when your parents start nagging you, instead of storming out of the house in an attempt to get free, why not sing? That's almost all it for this episode of Random History. And yeah, another random historical moment has been told. Mom, Dad, I hate it when you make me wash all the dishes. I also hate chores, so give me my independence because I deserve it. Please, please, please. Please, will you cut that racket? So sorry, Gramps. La 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 la. A world where there's happiness. La 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 la. It's always great to be in peace. Yeah, I can't sing. That's it for today's episode, and have a wonderful day. Bye.